0: Welcome to the Missing Chapter Podcast, where you will hear some of the least known, obscure and entertaining stories the history textbooks left out, starring Phil Horander and Phil Schaff.
1: For those of you who are regular listeners to our podcast, you know how much we love our movies and how much we love our sports. You can only imagine what happens to our inner enjoyment when those two things are combined. Enter in some sports movies. And one of the first sports movies that comes to my mind isn't actually just one film, it's many. The Rocky series. I've gone way more than 15 rounds of these movies easily, but there's one film in this series that actually has some unknown historic origins. And I'm sure you're thinking of Rocky IV when Rocky fought Ivan Drago during the Cold War, but that's not what I'm referencing. It has to do with the 2006 film Rocky Balboa and its very odd but actually historic premise behind the plot of the film. Find out what historic context this contains and how this impacted not one but two boxing legends on this episode of The Missing Chapter.
0: Welcome back to the Missing Chapter Podcast. You're here with Phil Hornder and Phil Schaff. Phil, we are drinking an Italian roasted coffee. And I think there's a lot that is said right here in the brand. Dead or Alive Ground Coffee Number 8. For those of you at home, um, it says on the side, strongest coffee around. And the strength of the coffee receives five out of six skulls. Yeah, on the side. So when you start to measure the strength of a coffee with the symbol of a of a skull, that should give you an idea of exactly what we're dealing with here. It's a great morning coffee. It's a Friday coffee. Mm-hmm. So I think we could use the extra robust flavor and, and the strength here. Perfect also uh, for a podcast dealing with, you know, two of the greatest athletes, two of the greatest boxers, arguably, in the history of the sport. We mentioned top five sports movies. Mm-hmm which I think still would be a, a great kind of down-the-road episode to do. I think our listeners would love it. And I'm wondering if, when we mentioned that a couple of weeks ago, um, if that's what inspired you for today's podcast. 100%. And, yeah, my uh,
1: my heart's beating out of my chest right now from this this <laughs> coffee. So, yeah, we're, we're going to have a little bit of extra energy here today, are we not? not? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think so, so let's go 15 rounds. All, All right. right, let's do it. Let's do it. So, totally... You inspired me um, to talk some more sports because we we did the episode, uh, you know, with with um, the Hoosiers, and you know, we got talking about sports, movies, and and why not go into um, you know something that we really love. We love right. history, we love sports, we love movies. Combine it all together. Um, I had this kind of in in the back of my mind because I've always wondered uh, about it. I heard this story a while ago, and then as soon as you mentioned, it, like now's the time to, to pull it out. So, all right, one of my favorite sports movies. We've talked about this all the time is the Rocky series to so the point where I would actually watch
0: uh, Rocky three before every one of my basketball games. My parents would, would vouch for me about that. Now, Phil, there's a big controversy here. Not maybe okay. controversy, rather debate. Yeah. So you're a Rocky three guy. I'm uh, yeah. If you I had to choose, the, I had to choose. I, I would go Rocky Three because you know what? I've always been a Rocky three guy too. Yeah. I, I love the plot even more so than Rocky four. I mean, Rocky one and two, they are right. They're, they're classics. classics. Right. But there's something about Rocky three. Yeah. In the teaming up with with Apollo Creed that I've always enjoyed.
1: Uh, same here, same here, and I I don't know what it is. I, it's it was just one of my favorites, it, you know. So all of them are great. Rocky three, I think, is is the way to go. So that's the one that really I don't know put me in the right mindset before my basketball games, before my sports games, etc. But because of my repeated bouts of like you know the VHS viewing because you couldn't watch it in anything else right. back then, um, you know I could recite the lines of Rocky movies you know, pretty easily here. But one of the Rocky films though that I thought fell, I don't know, short of expectations, let's say, was the 2006 film Rocky Balboa. So, you know, it, of course, had those much-needed Rocky comebacks and the, quote, like, gonna fly now moments, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, which, of course, everyone loves that song. But it did have somewhat kind of a weird, unexpected premise. And for those of you that don't know, this is what, this is what it was about. So after the current heavyweight champion uh, by the name of Mason, the Line Dixon, played by Antonio Tarver, Uh, sees a computer-generated fight between himself and Rocky, he gets the Italian Stallion out of retirement for a bout, okay? And as unrealistic as it sounds, and it was pretty, you know, as I keep saying, unexpected as it was watching the trailer and sitting in the movie theater trying to figure out how this is going to play out, little did I know then this somewhat unrealistic scenario actually does have a very, very realistic and quite unbelievable historic origin. All right, so let's go back to 1967. There's a radio producer by the name of Murray Warner. He comes up with this crazy idea of how to settle every sports fan debate about legends, legends of boxing. He said that if he could put all the stats and details of each fighter when they were in their prime into a computer, it would determine who would win if they ever met. So he used this cutting edge system called the NCR 315 data processing system and computer uh, with 12 bits of memory. Now, to be clear, I said cutting edge with a huge amount of sarcasm because let's <laughs> let's put this in perspective. 12 bits of memory is equivalent to not even 1% of a typical update that our phones go through in a few seconds while they're charging overnight. Right, okay. Right. All right. Now, of course, this is a classic promoter, radio producer tactic, getting people talking, and this is what triggered the competitive nature of the athletes in the movie Rocky Balboa. You know, surely nothing more than a pl- publicity stunt, right? Well, maybe, but it became hugely popular uh, as each fight was performed over the radio. So, as Warner being that promoter as he is, it, it really, it really kind of took off at the very, very beginning. Um, but he, he he promoted it and and read all these these uh, verdicts that the computer generated over the radio as if the fight was taking place live. Now, you and I are both competitors. As, and as any competitive athlete knows, it's not really the encouragement sometimes that motivates but it's someone who doubts and challenges your abilities. That's Absolutely. what brings out the fire in the, the best athletes, right? 100%, 100%. Okay. You know, you got the heckler in the stands, the crowd uh, booing and, and calling you names, the trash talker on, on the court, you know, all of those is what motivates a competitor in my opinion. Well, in this case, it was the computer program the NCR 315's circuit boards that became the heckler in the stands because it calculated that a legendary boxer would lose in a historic fight, and that boxer was Muhammad Ali. According to the computer, uh, computer program, excuse me, Muhammad Ali would have lost in the quarterfinals to Jim Jeffries, a fighter that Ali said was, quote, history's clumsiest, most slow-footed heavyweight. And this, of course, got the attention of Muhammad Ali and fueled his
0: competitive fire so and phil i think it's funny it's not even saying he wouldn't make it past the quarterfinals. exactly you know is like you throw out a name like muhammad ali people at home are probably like all right well you know he's arguably maybe not the greatest right most of us i think when we when we conjure in our minds boxing yeah and the history of boxing muhammad ali uh, muhammad ali is at the pinnacle absolutely yeah absolutely so in in this of course i mean he's he's
1: all fired up Mm -hmm. but what does he do he can't he can't do anything the problem was at the time he couldn't box because of his refusal to be drafted to fight in the Vietnam War. Okay. He was close to being declared bankrupt. His reputation was pretty much his only remaining asset. And even that was dwindling because he was convicted of draft evasion that, um, uh, later on. So according to him, he exclaimed, the government had stolen his title. Uh, and now some radio producer named Warner was taking his good name. So after hearing that he would lose against you know Jim Jeffries, Ali threatened to sue Warner for $1 million for defamation. But this is a boxing world. This is not a courtroom. Right. Okay? Where, where does this need to be settled in? <laughs> there so, you go. Yeah. So Warner, utilizing his inner promoter and salesman, offered Ali $9,999 to participate in a filmed version of one of the radio fantasy fights against none other than Rocky Marciano. Rocky Marciano, though, had retired 14 years earlier. But guess what? Ali accepts. Why would he ever consider that, you ask? Well, he was short of money. He was short of options. And he was quoted in saying, I was in the deep freeze part of my exile and there was no thought in sight, he confessed in his autobiography. But what about Marciano? As shocking as it sounds, he accepted the challenge too. And the super fight as it's known between Ali and Marciano was born. And now this time, this all-time heavyweight championship fight is, is ready to take place. In one corner, you have Rock Marciano, 5'10", and at the time, about 200 pounds. Uh, he, he gained quite a bit of weight. His fighting weight was, was around 188, uh, give or take. He loved his restaurants. He loved his food. He loved mm-hmm. his Italian uh, pastas. He gained quite a bit of weight after retirement, but he was preparing and, and lost some weight, so he's around 200 pounds, give or take. In the other corner, we have Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay, 6'3", 230 pounds, um, And they say, you know, he gained a little weight, too. So it was questionable whether or not he was was actually at 230. But either way, you have have a big margin of of difference here. But in this classic championship fight, we have two legends. And uniquely, the two only undefeated heavyweight champions of the world. Marciano, the shortest man Cassius has fought. Marciano's looking at the tallest man he had ever fought. And here we are. July 1969, the month that Neil Armstrong took one giant leap for mankind in technology. Marciano and Ali stepped into a gym blacked out walls on the north side of Miami, and they sparred for, ready, 70 to 75 one-minute rounds, which were, of course, edited later to fit, quote, the findings of the computer, okay? So like the Fantasy Heavyweight Tournament two years earlier, the outcome of the Marciano-Ali contest uh, would apparently be based on data collected from 250 boxing experts. According uh, to Sports Illustrated, It filled in sheets that took 58 rating factors, ranging from speed, uh, susceptibility to cuts, ability to throw a punch, uh, to hardness of punch, killer instinct, courage. All these were were put together. They even interviewed other fighters. They researched stats. They knew how often um, and where each fighter cut his opponents, where he was cut most often himself, how many punches, what kind he usually threw in a round, the pattern, the pace, the rhythm he preferred. What blows hurt him most and how many fouls he committed. I mean, really, the amount of stuff that they poured right. into this is, isn't just like opinion-based. So in the sparring sessions, they labored around the ring, kind of just danced around, avoiding head punches and mostly tapping at each other's stomachs. Um, there were some observers that say Ali's midsection had an extra layer of flab, uh, is the wording they used. Um, and his jabs, this kind of made me laugh a little bit, quote, contained the spite of a well-fed Labrador. So it's... <laughs> It doesn't seem like they were really taking this seriously and they didn't want to really hurt each other, Right. which really honestly shocked me. You're looking at two competitors who are at the top of their game and they want the other one to go down, but that really is not what took place here. Marciano lost about 45 pounds in this case, um, just in case too is that his opponent took liberties and was more serious. He, he lost some weight, but um, this is the part that kind of threw me for a loop. Okay. Here comes Marciano into the ring. And he's got a new toupee, which he believed made him look well-groomed and youthful. But it made this epic battle become more like a cartoon. Some observers said he looked he looked like an undersized hoodlum from the movie Dick Tracy. Why is he worried
0: about the toupee? <laughs> well, it's, right? funny, it's, it's, it's funny it, you it, mention it, that. Is it all because of how he wanted Ali to see him coming into the ring? I don't know if it was that. Because or I think it had the, the exact opposite. 100% yeah. exact opposite effect. What do, you, what do you want? Yeah. Especially
1: when he starts obsessing over it. <laughs> OK, so at one point, the pair were starting to ex- exchange some blows, yeah. not like they're prime, but, you uh-huh. know, they start exchanging exchange some blows. Ali's jab flicked the back of Marciano's head and scooped up his toupee and shouting Marciano, cut, cut, cut the camera. Watch the piece, he yells. OK, and later he asked his friends, you don't think he's doing this on purpose, do you think? And his friends are, of course, like, no, Rocket, listen, it's just an accident. Well, he better start aiming those punches better, Rocky said. So for whatever reason, he was obsessed over this toupee. And Ali's trainer even talked about it too later on. He said, Rock was really uptight uh, about this toupee. He had this guy in New York that made his toupees. You remember when he got the first one, it was terrible. It looked like a dead cat. (laughs) I said, Rocky, watch out. The thing might get up and run away. I mean, it was sadly... This didn't make the final cut, and I think that would have—I mean, that would have been a hilarious aspect of this. But But it made our podcast. It made our podcast. podcast,
0: So now you know about it.
1: So I think—I mean, if if it did make it, though, it really wouldn't have—you know—lifted up the the toughness of these two individuals. But I mean, really, (laughs) (laughs) fans I think would have been a little disappointed to see that it maybe not have gone this serious. And I I think fans will also be disappointed. Anyone who's ever seen the fight or is about to—the blood from Marciano's cuts to his nose and forehead that he develops in the fight. Unfortunately, that's actually ketchup.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check.
1: Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back from the break, everybody. Phil and I were talking during the break. Phil, I think there's almost like an unwritten rule, a creed almost, um, amongst athletes and probably boxers in particular where regardless of where you are in your career or retirement, for that matter, if you get challenged, you're being called out by a, a fellow competitor or former competitor. I feel like regardless, you're going to accept that challenge. So, of course, I mean, I'm picturing these two uh, guys, these two, you know, pillars of their uh, of their respective sports and. Um, Really, in the obviously the twilight of their careers, right. but they want to put the best effort forward.
1: Oh, absolutely! And I, I love the fact that you use the the term creed too. I mean, that that is so fitting. I know you would. Did you do that? In yeah. Country? Well, let's say yes. Okay. Okay. Well, either way, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. There's there's that competitive edge. There's that competitive nature, and I, I I almost picture like some of the behind the scenes things that we we've talked about, like the dream teams, you right? Know, like the practices that were never recorded, but the, oh, absolutely, the play yeah. the players talk about, like how there was an all out mm-hmm. one on one war between you know. Yeah. Uh, Bird and Jordan or whatever but it, you know like those those kind of things I'm sure happen behind the scenes in this case though as I, I start to uh, talk about how this this fight transpired I think that the two that had this really competitive nature actually let their guards down a little bit and and they really started to respect each other through this I mean of course they like you said they weren't in their prime mm-hmm. but they wanted to make the most of this mm-hmm. and it, I just think that 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 the competitive nature that we picture as the, uh, picture them as was kind of, I don't want to say diminished, but it was, it was let down a little bit. And I think that's why some of these people um, were promoting this, really added to this head of heavily and removed some of the, the um, aspects of this that may not have lived up to the, the standards of what they've seen in the prime.
0: And would you say they did that in part to preserve the legacies of these two people because they knew the sport, they respected these guys, the fact that they, they did this? One hundred percent, and they didn't want to, you know, yeah, and, and do I, anything to tarnish that's that, it. those images. Yeah, that's
1: it. And so they had to be really, really careful. So mm-hmm. especially for any other promoters or or their agents, you know, that their signature could go mm-hmm. down in value, you know, based on on how this this transpires. But uh, that is going to be part of the the you know wide ranging story of this. But so we we ended that that first session saying that you know that people might have been a little disappointed because. You know, there were some funny aspects, the toupee that, you know, kept flying back and forth, uh, the blood that, that was on Marciano's forehead and, uh, and chin that developed in the fight was actually ketchup. Well, it's interesting. So I'm going to go through this a little bit and, and kind of shake this up. Um, Muhammad Ali said about this fight, he says, my glove never hit Marciano's face. His glove never hit mine. The promoter asked me if I can think of some ending and I planned the one that is actually used. I show Rocky how to hit me and I fall as though it's real. We have seven different endings, some with me winning, some with Rocky winning, some segments we fake so good that they are left untouched by the editors. So Ali has a point um, with these knockout sequences, which are actually pretty realistic. And and there are moments um, where some of the observers and some of the the producers of this, uh, where they they kind of were starting to hint at an actual fight breaking out, especially in the 12th uh, round where Ali connects with a series of kind of playful jabs but it really gets marciano marciano's attention because you can just picture this now he's swinging wildly uh, and just throwing haymakers you know you can picture that kind of like all right are we, are we really doing this now is this this has become serious um mostly though that the action was actually kind of sloppy and and mm-hmm. some of the producers say it was pretty much forgettable which we don't really want to talk about because once again we don't want to diminish the reputations but um warner talked about this specifically and he said I think It was Marciano who threw the first real punch. Uh, They had been fooling around when Marciano suddenly let one go uh, to the midsection. Ali followed with a shot to the head. But the fighters respected each other and apologized for these slips. And afterwards, Ali commented that Marciano had surprised him. But one thing is certain, Rocky never thought he would lose. He had refused millions to make a comeback in the ring. And there is no way he would risk losing a fight to a computer for a few thousand dollars. So... During the, let's just say, quote, fight, <laughs> okay, Marciano was bloody, put down and behind on points. Now, I'm going to put the word computer for those of you that, you know, you can't see us right now, but I'm going to put the word computer in air quotes, because I, I think there's there's a part of this that we have to really make sure and make clear. Um, the computer determined that Marciano would knock out Ali in the 13th round. Now, I use those air quotes, because it really wasn't the computer who determined the outcome. And I'll, I'll tell you why. We know that like a calculator, like, you know, any sort of computer, the computer can generate whatever you really want uh, with the right inputs. And Warner, you know, being the guy that he is, he knew that Marciano was actually more popular at the time. Okay. So he had set it up. So Ali would lose, even though in reality, a lot of the promoters and a lot of the experts would say that would be pretty unlikely, Mm -hmm. especially with, you know, the, the reach, the pound for pound difference, that kind of thing. Uh, And what's interesting about this, ironically enough, this is an exact replica of what happened in his first championship out with Jersey Joe Walcott. But Ali watched the fight in a crowded Philadelphia theater. He saw his left arm sagging on the middle rope as Marciano lifted his hands in celebration. The computer delivered its verdict. Rocky Marciano wins by KO in 57 seconds. So knockout came on a combination of two rights and a left hook. Muhammad Ali, uh, you know, could not withstand Marciano's final attack. He didn't land a single effective punch in this round. He thought he could fight back, but it just, uh, according to the computer, uh, which buzzed and hummed before finally spitting out its its verdict, said that Marciano would win this fight. And, of course, we we know why. The two men, though, who had never really met before this, this bout, allegedly grew quite fond of each other, actually. And, and of course, you know, when you have those moments of, of laughter, it kind of loosens things up a little bit. Um, you know, they fought in front of cameras for a few days in order to get the right footage. Now, I think the question is, um, you know, maybe some of you guys are familiar with this. I was never familiar with this. But I think the question is, why haven't we heard more about this? And I, I think it's a, there's a couple of reasons. One of the reasons is we've already mentioned the fact that it was 1969. I mean, we, we know what was going on there in July um, with the alarm strong. And the, the other thing is, This never really got the publicity that it really should have, uh, because sadly, Marciano died in a plane crash three weeks after the filming had ended. Wow. Uh, And that, and rightly so, was was obviously much more an important news story than, you know, a computer-generated fight between
0: the two legendary boxers. Right. And you're you're definitely talking about an age, you know, prior to you know the, what we talk about today with like sports outlets you right, know the espns right. and you know like sports illustrated what it is today i mean it's sports were you know uh, if it was big it was a front page story maybe yeah back backside story but beyond that day it was on to the next thing and like you said exactly. there was a lot going on to move yep. on to and you know the the other
1: part of the story which we could actually do a follow-up but really if we want to want to remain focused on the historic part of this, I think we should probably end this here, but you know, there are other parts to this story, uh, that include Warner going to other boxers and there's a follow-up, uh, with Warner and he's actually losing some money. He actually, um, goes through some lawsuits himself because there's some other boxers that are upset with him. This idea, which was pretty cool. It's it's obviously part of that 2006 film Rocky Balboa. This really never takes off. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of boxers are upset with the outcomes. Rightly, you can imagine why. And um, you know, he he starts thinking of ideas. Maybe we could do this with 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 other sports, but it really doesn't take off. Mm-hmm. I guess the the ultimate benefit of this, you have two legendary boxers boxing in the ring, which we can romanticize and glamorize. Uh, the biggest winner in this, though, is definitely going to be Warner because he makes he makes quite the mint. He makes a few million dollars off this. Um, and it's it's something to talk about and something that, that we can imagine in our, our brains. It's one of the best fights, uh, a super fight in history. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, I'm Phil Horinder, And I'm Phil Schaff. Another chapter has been added to
0: the history textbooks.